Well, Happy New Year, church. Okay, that's terrible. We're going to start better than that. Happy New Year, church. We're glad you are here this morning. I hope that you had an incredible Christmas, that you had an incredible New Year's. Uh, I know that for so many people, this time of the year is a time maybe you're having a little downtime. I know that we got to have some downtime at our house, and we had kids come in, and it's been wonderful. And there was even one night where uh, Sonia actually got to break free and have a date night. Does anybody remember what a date night with your spouse looks like? Okay, you got to try it. It kind of works out pretty good sometimes, right? And so we did that, and so we decided, like any date night, you know, if you've been married over five years, you know the problem with date night, right? What are we going to do? And then there's like no answer. Like, what are we going to do? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, we can always go to Walmart. That's really what we do on most date nights. And we decided that we were going to go to a movie. Then we started looking at the movies. And we're like, there's nothing really on. Then I said, okay, I want to go see a movie. Now, for those of you under the age of 40, this movie will mean nothing to you. But those over the age of 40, you'll remember this quite well. I said, I want to go see the movie about Whitney Houston called I Want to Dance with Somebody. Because I remember, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. Anybody else grew up in the 80s and 90s? Okay, all eight of you remember what I'm talking about, right? And so I remember she had the iconic personality. She had the iconic voice. I mean, there's so many songs that were just like incredible that were like she had more number one hits than maybe anybody else. I mean, she broke Elvis's record. She broke everybody's record. And so we went to watch this movie. As we're watching this movie, I'm, I'm blown away with every bad decision she keeps making. I mean, it starts with bad decisions, it continues to more bad decisions, and then actually in the movie, if the movie's correct, which we know Hollywood is always correct, right? And in this movie, there's, there's people that intervene in her life and go, hey, you got to stop, Whitney. I mean, your addiction to drugs and alcohol, I mean, it's going to take you down a path you don't want to go. And, and we know that she didn't follow any of that, and, and ultimately, this path that she was on led to ruin. It ruined her career, it ruined her voice, and ultimately led to a life of destruction. Not just relational destruction, but eventually she OD'd in a bathtub and drowned as a result of that. You're like, that's a great way to start New Year's, right? But I want to say that because I look at the story as I'm sitting there watching this movie in my heart, it's like the Lord's going, maybe that's as a church what we need to be thinking about. What path are we on in some areas of our life? What are some areas? Maybe it's the path of your marriage. What path are you on? Because what we all know, because we talk about all the time, what you, where you find yourself in your marriage today is a direct result of the, the path that you've been on. It didn't just wake up that way. This is the path you're on. What about the path of your finances? What about the path of your career? What about the path of your relationships? What about the path of living and loving and serving Almighty God? What path are you on? And maybe, just maybe, unlike the movie, unlike Whitney Houston, just maybe we need to pause for the next few weeks and we need to hit... The reset. Maybe we need to look at some areas of our lives and go, what path am I really on? Like this morning, let's, let's be honest, this morning we just sang about over and over and over again the faithfulness of God. But some of you sitting out there today, you're doubting that because you've been through some stuff in 2022. And you're like, God, I know you're there. I know you love me, but I'm not sure I can really say that with a full, every fiber of my being. And maybe you need to hit the reset button. Maybe you need to look at some areas of your life and go, okay, I need to reset this thing. I need to look at this, and I need to push the button. Now, I'm not talking about the resolution button, okay? Are you with me on that one? I'm not talking about the resolution button, because we know that New Year's resolutions oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes are nothing more than good intentions. How many of you, let's just be really transparent, okay? How many of you have started the New Year's, like me sometimes, with this resolution? I'm going to lose weight. Anybody ever done that? Did it work out for you? 
And obviously hasn't worked out for me at all, right? So, I mean, you kind of know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a resolution because good intentions never goes anywhere. It starts out okay, but there's no follow-through. I'm talking about hitting a real reset button, going, I need to change my life in this area. So today we're going to begin a brand new series called Reset. And we're going to be looking at some areas spiritually that we might need to hit the reset button if we're going to kind of live the life in 2023 that God has for us. And so the area that we're going to focus on today is the area of your spiritual focus. What are you focused on? What is the thing that captures your heart, your mind, your attention, and your affection? And what I want to do this morning, I want to look at a passage of scripture where we see somebody that had the wrong focus and see somebody that had the right focus and look and say, which one of these two are we? Because if we're this person, we probably need to hit the reset button. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be this morning. And I know you just were seated, but I'm going to ask you to stand in honor of reading God's word. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to begin reading in verse 38. Probably a familiar story to many of you, but Luke chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 38. Here's what the word of God says. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she and her had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him, talking about Jesus, and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to what? Tell her to what? Help me, right? But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which I will not take away from her. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you that on January 1, Lord, that we have a chance. I know it's a new year, and it's not really any different than any other day other than the, it's 2023 versus 2022, but God, sometimes we come to these moments. We know that maybe we need a fresh start. Maybe we need a reset in some areas of our lives, and God, what better way to do it than on January 1 of 2023? So God, would you just open our eyes to the truth of your passage, the truth of your word, and may it challenge us. And as Ryan said a moment ago, may we not only hear these words, but may we put them into practice. For it's in your precious son's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, as we look at this passage, there are really two primary characters outside of Jesus. There's Martha and there's Mary. And so I want to start with Martha for a moment. I want us to look at Martha because when we see Martha, what we see is someone who has the wrong focus, right? Look with me in verse 40 again. Let's go back to verse 40. It says that, and Martha was distracted with much serving. So what was the focus of Martha? Serving, right? And it says that Martha was distracted. Anybody ever been distracted in the room? Now, the word distracted can be translated from the Greek. It actually is translated to be pulled about or to be preoccupied. Now, what was she preoccupied with? What was she pulled about? Serving. Now, you might say, okay, wait a minute, Doug. So you're saying serving is a distraction. I thought, Doug, you said over and over and over again that we most look like Jesus when we serve one another. Yes, and that is true. So serving is a really good thing. In fact, in that culture, when you brought somebody into your home, it was very different than we do in our culture. You know, most of the time when someone comes in your home, you might try to keep them at the door. You might let them in about five steps, and then you want them to hurry their way out. But in that culture, when somebody came into your house, it was expected for you to show them good old-fashioned, what we would call southern what? Hospitality. 
right? You might feed them, take care of them. You were, you were there to just love on them and to invite them in as if they were a family member. And listen, not only was it expected, it was also a way to show honor and respect to the person you brought in the house. So if Drew comes to my house and I bring him in, hey, buddy, come on in, sit down. You can be at the head of the table, man. We don't have a head of the table. It's a round table. But anyway, you're the head of the table, Drew, and then we're going to feed you and love on you. And, you know, hey, honey, you know what? I mean, it's this idea of just lavishing love on somebody. It was expected but it was also a means of showing honor. But here was the problem. It wasn't that Martha wanted to serve Jesus. The problem is that was Martha's sole focus, right? Did you pick up on that in verse 40? But Martha was distracted with much serving. She was preoccupied. She was pulled about because all she was consumed with is, I've got to serve. I've got to get a meal ready. I've got to serve Jesus. I've got to serve the disciples. I've got to serve everybody that's coming to my house. I've got to serve. Anybody ever get so frustrated getting ready for Christmas when all your family members are coming in because it felt like the job never got done? And I'm specifically speaking to the ladies because, man, we know we don't do anything. Any ladies frustrated during that time? Okay. The rest of you didn't have family come in. Okay, I get it. I get it. Right? So we understand this. And so she's distracted. She is preoccupied with this nature to serve. It's not just, I want to serve Jesus. That's her primary focus. Here's the problem that Martha had. She was focused on the urgent, not the important. Now, you need to write that down. Let me tell you why. Because the urgent was hospitality. I got to do something. I've got to prepare, prepare a meal. I've got to, I've got to love on these people that have entered into my house. What was important is, listen, what is important is the king of the universe has entered my home. I have unfiltered access to the savior of the world who's sitting down in my house. And guess what he's doing? He is teaching, right? I mean, there's ever a moment that I need to pause on the urgent and focus on the importance. Now, why? Because setting and listening to him is way more important than preparing a meal. See, for Martha, for Martha, she was focused on the urgent, not the important. And I want you to notice where that led her. I mean, this idea that she focused on the urgent versus the important. Look where it led her. Go back to verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him. Who's the him? Jesus. She goes up to Jesus and she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now think about this for a moment. Jesus, the Savior of the world, the one who's done many miracles. Now you know if you read much of the Gospels, including the Gospel of, like the Gospel of John, you know that Mary and Martha had a brother named Lazarus, and they were all friends with Jesus. And so Jesus is the one that came and raised Lazarus from the dead. And so you kind of know that circle of, of the influence that they had there. And so Martha, who knows Jesus and very familiar with Jesus, she gets up and she goes, Jesus, do you not care that I'm in here as, I'm going I'm to westernize this, working my fingers to the what? Bone. No men said anything. I don't, they don't know what that means. Working my fingers to the bone? And Mary's sitting here doing what? Nothing. And in her mind, nothing. Jesus, don't you care? Where, so where did this wrong focus lead her? It led her to a place of frustration. She was frustrated that Jesus wouldn't say anything to Mary so that Mary would get up and help Martha. She's like, Jesus, don't you care? Now, let's be honest. Have you ever felt that way before in your walk with the Lord? Come on, God, don't you care? I mean, I'm doing all I got. 
I'm giving the best I got. I'm doing everything within my, God, don't you care? That's Martha. And so Martha's wrong focus, which was the urgent, led her to be frustrated, but also led to something else. And I love this. It says, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? And then she says, tell her to help me. (laughs) Think about this. It's like your four-year-old kid telling you, mom, you take out the trash, right? How well is that going to go over? Not well. Mom, are you taking out the trash? No, that's why you had kids. They take out the trash, right? And so at this moment, Martha is telling Jesus how he needs to respond. She's frustrated with him. And so it not only leads to frustration, it leads to a spirit of demanding. Jesus, you tell her to help me. Now, the reason I love this passage, because I find myself so many times like a Martha. I'm a really good Martha. I can get really focused on the urgent and neglect the most important. And so we've got Martha who has this wrong focus. Now, the, the idea of serving is not bad, but the idea that it was our primary and sole focus of Martha. All she wanted to do was to serve and to do what was customarily correct. And for Jewish culture, she wanted to show him honor. And she got so frustrated that Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to the point where she becomes demanding, saying, Jesus, tell her to help me. And then Jesus, being Jesus, response. How would you respond to that? How would you respond to Martha if you were Jesus? Don't you talk to me like that, right? We do that when our kids become teenagers. Who do you think you're talking to? You know what I'm talking about, right? We said that, but that's not what Jesus says. Look what Jesus says to her. I love it in verse 41, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. He said, hey, Martha, Listen, I hear you, but you're just anxious. That word anxious means to be concerned about worldly things. Now, what was the worldly thing she was concerned with? Keeping Jewish tradition, showing hospitality, showing honor. He's like, Martha, you're anxious about stuff. Anybody in the room struggle with anxiousness and anxiety? I do. Anybody? Man, man, you're anxious about Nothing. You are troubled. You, 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 Martha, you are concerned with things that only matter to the world. I mean, this whole idea of hospitality, that's great and all, but why is it wrecking you? Martha, you're just anxious. Martha, you're troubled. That word troubled means to be uh, upset over worthless things. What is the most worthless thing in this moment? A meal. Why? Because Jesus has sat down, and what's he doing? What's Jesus doing? Come on, what's he doing? He's teaching. How many of you would love for Jesus to walk through that curtain and to sit down on a stool and begin to teach in this room? How many of you would love that? How many of you would put pause on everything else in your world because the king of the universe is speaking and I want to lean in to what he's saying? So Martha, not Martha. She's anxious and she's troubled. And then Jesus, look what he says next in verse 42. He said, but there's one thing that is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. He says, says, Martha, listen, you are anxious. You are troubled. You're concerned and you're upset with worldly things. And you're concerned and you're upset about things that simply don't matter. There's only one thing necessary. In other words, Martha, there's really only one main dish. Guess what it is, Martha? It's me. And Mary chose it. 
and I'm not taking that away from her. Hey, Martha, I know you think Mary has the wrong focus, but Martha, it's really, it's you. Because you've let the urgent trump the important. Now, just a quick question. Does this sound familiar to anybody in the room, this kind of scenario? Is it possible that for many of us in the room, that maybe the reason we're not living, loving, and pursuing, and walking closely, and serving the Lord in a powerful and amazing way, is because we are distracted? Now, I don't think anybody in this room can deny that we live in a fast-paced, busy world. Can everybody say amen to that? Okay? We all know that. And can we all agree that it's really easy to get wrapped up in the urgent and to forget the most important? And maybe the reason that some of us aren't living and we aren't feeling God move and seeing God move and work in us in 2022, you look back and go, man, that was a year where man, I didn't see a lot of growth in my life. Maybe that was a year where I didn't really make a lot of difference for the kingdom of God. And maybe the reason for that is because we have been distracted. We've been preoccupied with the urgent, not the important. And listen to me, hear me on this. Urgent things aren't all bad things, are they? You've got urgent things as a husband, a wife, a mom, a dad. You've got urgent things at work to take responsibility for. But at the end of the day, when we focus on the urgent and we let it trump the important, it's going to impact our walk with Christ. Now, I know what some of you think. Okay, Doug, so what you're saying is I need to sideline all the urgent things in my life and only focus on the important things. Well, that's not exactly what I'm saying. Here's what I am saying. Because here's what you know as an adult. Most of us in the room know this, that on the first of every month, you have a lien holder, a lien holder who basically says there's something pretty urgent for you to do. What is that urgent thing you got to do? You need to make a house payment, right? Now, here's the, here's the important part. If you don't make a house payment long enough, guess what they do? They take it away from you, right? So there's a point where there is an urgency and importance. What I'm talking about is when we let the urgency of life trump and lead us to neglect the most important thing that's when it's a problem. Now, what is the most important thing? Look at me, church. What's the most important thing? My time with the Lord. It is it. The most important thing all of us have in our life is to spend time with the Lord. Now, I know I've been there. I've said it. I've heard it said, well, Doug, you don't know my schedule. I just don't have time. That's a lie. You have the same 24 hours everybody else does. And we all know it's true. If that's not a priority in your life, you're not going to make room for it. Most of us try to fit Jesus into our day instead of working our day around the Lord. Now, if we try to change the way we think about it, it'd be way different, wouldn't it? And we can resonate with Martha because we too have let the urgent trump the important in our life. And the thing is this, where does that lead us? When we let the urgency, the things that seem to scream the loudest and the longest in our lives, when we let that stuff trump the important thing of spending time with the Lord, where does that lead us? The same place that led Martha. A place of being anxious, troubled, stressed out, and frustrated. Did I just describe anybody in the room? Right? And so I think it's crucial on this first day of the year, for every single one of us to ask this question, is my story too much like Martha's story? Am I letting the urgent of life trump the most important thing in my life? And that's time with my Savior. So Martha had the wrong focus. And lastly, I want you to look at Mary. Because when we see Mary, we see someone with the right focus. Look at verse 39 again. Go back up there. It says this. 
And she had a sister called Mary, follow this, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, oftentimes I've heard this passage preached and we talk about the laziness of Mary. Do you see that in the passage at all? I've heard people say this, well, Mary didn't have any regard for that culture and therefore she had no regard for doing the hospitality thing that Martha, do you see that in the passage? No. What I see is that King Jesus walked in and Mary goes, this is more important than that is. So what did she do? She sat on the ground and she listened to him teach. Mary was devoted, right? Mary's loyalty and her devotion belonged to the Lord over everything else. The important thing in her life trumped any sense of what was urgent. Mary is devoted. And did you pick up on what Jesus said about Mary? And it says this, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good, what? Portion. In other words, Mary has chosen the main dish. Mary has chosen what is most important. And you know what's most important? Spending time with me. Now, I know you're going to give me the church answer, but I want you to really answer this seriously in your heart. Is that the most important thing in your life, is spending time with the Lord? Well, do I got to do it periodically? I'm not talking, listen, if, if you're married, you know that spending time with your spouse is important, amen? I only heard Joey. I need more than that. Amen? <laughs> Counseling will be in February for anybody that needs it, right? Because we know that. Do you think you need to spend time with Jesus? The one to shape you, guide you, direct you, instruct you, mold you? form you, lead you? Do you need to spend time with him? Yeah. And are we doing that? I mean, Mary chose the good portion. She had the right focus, that which is most important, not which, that which is most urgent. And as we look at this passage, I just want to encourage us this morning, as we begin January 1, 2023, as we launch into a new year, I want to encourage us, would we make sure that this year, Forget the past for a moment. This year that we will make sure that we let what is important trump what is urgent. Yes, you've got urgent things, but here's what I've discovered in my life, and I believe it's true in everybody's life. When I put the main thing as the main thing as the main thing in my life, it's amazing how God helps me work out the other urgent things in my life. Anybody else ever experienced that? But when I put the urgent ahead of the important, I find myself chasing my tail all the time. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I never catch up. And I feel frustrated, stressed out, and demanding. I mean, I feel like I am off my rocker. Anybody else feel that way? How about we, I mean, here's the thing I, I get tickled about me when I think about the ignorance of my own life, is I keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Don't you? So how about we change that this morning? How about we pivot that a little bit? How about we make a declaration this morning that we're going to be a Mary and not a Martha? Yeah, we've got urgent things that got to be tended to, but we're going to let the most important thing guide our life. We're going to let the most important thing, spending time with the Lord, shape my day, shape my marriage, shape my finances, shape my walk with Him. So this morning, as we close, I just want to say this to you. If we are going to reset our focus, we've got to have a renewed devotion to the Lord. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ. 
Can I tell you what the most important thing for you to understand and the most important thing for you to think about? It's this, is it's what we celebrate at Christmas, that God loved you so much that he sent his only son for you. That's important for you to know. Can I tell you something else that's important for you to know? That God sent his son to the world, not just to be born, but he lived and he died so he could pay for your sin. That's important to know. Can I tell you one more thing that's important to know is that every single one of us in this room and in this world, we will all live forever. And you have a choice of where you're going to spend eternity, apart from Christ in a place called hell or with Christ in a place called heaven. And so for you, the most important thing over everything urgent is knowing that you are loved, Jesus came and he died for you, and he offers you eternal life. And you need to make that important decision today. But for the rest of us who are believers, I mean, I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to take a hard look at the path that you're on. Take a hard look at your life and go, am I, am I letting the urgent trump the important in my life? And if you are, would you make a new commitment? Would you reset your focus this morning? Would you renew your devotion to the Lord as we begin this year? And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you in this moment. In fact, right now, everybody stand with me if you would. Everybody stand up. In just a moment, I'm going to pray for us. And if you're that person that doesn't know Christ and you need to make that important decision, listen, it's as simple as you just simply saying, Lord, I, I believe you came and you died for me. I know that I'm a sinner and I've, I'm separated from you and I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. It's just that easy. And if you make that decision, we'd love for you to take that handout piece, fill out the bottom, the response, and let us have that, or stop at the connection table and fill out one of those cards. We would love to know the decision you made for Christ. But if you're a believer this morning, if you know that Jesus is your boss and your master, your Lord and your Savior, everybody look at me. Let's start the year off right. Let's start the year off focused on the important, not the urgent. Yeah, let's tend to the urgent, but make the important the priority of our life. Let's hit the reset button on our focus. Let's do what the writer of Hebrews said and fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's hit the reset button. Let's renew our devotion. So if you're a believer today, I'm going to ask you something we don't often ask you to do. If you're able, only if you're able, as we start singing the song, I'm going to ask you if you want to join me at this altar, it's where I'm going to be, because I want to put a reset in my life too. I want to reset my focus. I want to renew my devotion to the King of kings and Lord of lords. If you're not able to come forward, you can sit right where you're at, or you just want to stand, that's fine. But if you feel led, this altar is going to be open. You can join me as we start this year off right. God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the story of Mary and Martha, Lord. God, I know too often I am Martha. I know it because I spend too many days stressed out. I spend too many days high-strung. I spend too many days frustrated. And God, as I read the passage, I'm reminded why. When I get so focused on the urgent in life and don't sit at your feet and listen to your word and let it invade my heart and my life, I am going to be stressed out. I am going to be missing the peace that I need. I am going to lose my joy. I am going to feel hopeless, Lord, but I'm reminded as I look at Mary that if I will make the most important thing, which is you, Lord, the priority of my life, you will seem to help me make sense of everything else. You and the only way you can will help me navigate and work through and guide me through the urgent things. So God, I pray for someone today that doesn't know you. 
But today, they would be reminded of the most important thing is what are they going to do with Jesus? Are they going to accept him as Savior or deny him as that Lord? God, I pray they'd make that decision. And God, I pray for believers today. I pray that we would reset our focus this morning. It doesn't matter what we brought into church with us today. Let's reset our focus moving forward. Let's renew our devotion to one. And that's you. God, when we do that, it'll change our finances. It'll change our marriages. It'll change our work environment. So God, as believers today, would we start this year off right? Hitting the reset button and renewing our devotion to you. God, I love you. And I thank you for all that you do for us. For it's in your precious and your holy son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now look this way. This altar's open. I can't think of a better place to be on the first day of the year. And a better decision as a believer on the first day of a new year to go, everything I have, everything I am, it's yours. My heart, my attention, and my affection, it all belongs to you, Lord. Yeah, I've lost my way. But I'm hitting the reset button today. And I'm renewing my devotion to you. And so if you want to do that, this altar will be open. You can do it right where you stand, right where you want to sit. That's fine. But let's start this year off right as a body of believers. And as the Lord leads you, let's respond as the band continues to lead us.